I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Today, it's our honor to be uh, joined by Dr. Kirk Knowlton. He's the Director of Cardiovascular Research and the Associate Chief of Cardiology at Intermountain Healthcare Heart Institute. So, Dr. Knowlton, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rebecca. It's wonderful to be here. Yes. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Knowlton, because I think it's still stunning for us when we hear that heart disease is the number one risk factor for men and women. It's the number, the leading killer in the world. So you're going to help us uh, know what to do to reduce our risk. Isn't that amazing? You know, all the progress that we've made in treating heart disease and preventing heart disease, it continues to be the number one. Uh, cause of death in in the United States and the world, and that's even even with the even in the presence of a pandemic of COVID that we appropriately worry a lot about. Still, heart disease is just a major health risk, and there's so much that we can do to try to prevent it. Well, and let's talk about those prevention steps. But one of the things I wanted just to start with, Dr. Knowlton, because you brought up the COVID-19 pandemic, and I had seen research a few months ago that said there were way too many people putting off symptoms of stroke and heart disease and not going to the hospitals like they should and not getting the checkups that they should. So when you say it's the number one killer, in other words, we need to put our heart health right at the top of the list. That's really true, true, Rebecca, and it's it's uh, been sad in several cases. And if if uh, you know if you'll allow me to give a few anecdotes, there have been some people who have been experiencing chest pain. One of my colleagues had a patient call, and uh, an, an elderly gentleman, and said, "I'm having some chest pain, but it goes away. I'm feeling fine." And my colleague said, well, we'll see you in the morning. If the chest pain increases or stays the same or gets worse, uh, please go to the emergency department. Unfortunately, he did not want to go to the emergency department because of fear of COVID. And he passed away during the night. And that was a really sad situation. And so I think the important thing for people to remember is that hospitals have done a lot to try to um, uh, to, to make it a safe place for people to come to be cared for. I think that the risk of contracting COVID as a patient in a hospital is, uh, is probably no greater than going to the grocery store and perhaps even less. And it's really important when people have symptoms that they worry about, either a stroke or a heart attack, chest discomfort, they, they may not know if it is or isn't. Uh, please, you know, Take, take advantage of the medical resources that are available, and they are as good and as safe as they've ever been. Well, I appreciate that. If I were to ask you the simple question, what is heart disease? That's, that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, there are a variety of forms of heart disease, and I think that in a lot of ways, we can kind of break heart disease down into 
several different categories. The one that people think about a lot is um, atherosclerosis or a heart attack, which involves blood vessels of the heart. If it's a stroke, it involves the blood vessels of the brain. Um, and the blood vessels have to deliver the oxygen to the, to the muscle of the heart, which is the other category, which is heart muscle disease. When there's weakness in the heart muscle, then the heart doesn't function well and people are symptomatic. And then there's also, there are also abnormalities in electrical activity of the heart. The most common one people think about would be atrial fibrillation, for example. And, and another has to do with valve disease. So uh, the, the valves that open and close that make the heart sound that allow the blood to move forward through the heart uh, can get diseased and uh, leak or have narrowings in them. And there are really, there's really great progress in each of those four different categories of heart disease uh, in terms of prevention and treatment of diseases of the blood vessels, uh, treatment of heart muscle weakness, uh, treatment of uh, abnormalities of electrical activity or arrhythmias, and valve disease is stunning what we can do now in terms of uh, treatments that are percutaneous that used to all require surgery. Well, for those who have just joined us, this is Dr. Kirk Knowlton. He's the Director of Cardiovascular Research and the Associate Chief of Cardiology at the Intermountain Healthcare Heart Institute. Even as you describe all of those different things that can make our heart unhealthy um, and cause uh, and worsen cardiovascular disease, right, uh, in our bodies yeah. and all those effects, you said as that we are not as a population or as a society, um, lowering the risk of heart disease as the number one killer. It's still out there. So I'm curious, a couple of things. Number one is we need to know whether or not any of those things you describe is within our body because it's inside, it's invisible. We're not, we're not really going to see our heart disease. We're, we're probably going to experience its symptoms. So number one, how do we identify if we have one of those problems? And then let's also talk throughout this interview on what we can do so we can lower that risk. So how do we know if there is a problem in our heart? That, that's a great question. And I think that there are some things that we can focus on um, uh, particularly in terms of prevention. So to know if you have heart disease, there are certain symptoms that a person might experience. So the one we worry about the most is if a person's having a heart attack. A heart attack really represents blockage of one of these blood vessels that goes to the heart muscle. And when that gets closed, then some of the heart muscle starts to die. And that's, a, that's what a heart attack is. And when a person feels that, or when they're having symptoms of that, they may have what people describe as chest pain, but often it's a pressure. Sometimes they'll say it's like an elephant sitting on my chest, or they'll hold their fist to their chest and press on their chest. It might radiate to a shoulder or to their neck. It might be associated with shortness of breath or uh, sweating, uh, that goes with it. And it usually doesn't go away. Even when a person is resting, it still stays there, even after 15 or 20 minutes. And that, those are kind of the classic symptoms of the heart attack. We are very good now at treating those. Um, 
if a person comes to an emergency room, uh, they will usually get uh, a, a stent placed and open that clogged artery within 90 minutes of the minute they arrive. And that will that is muscle saving, and that saves the function of the heart. It prevents electrical abnormalities and other things. So that's one of the really, really important ones that we don't want to miss is a heart attack. <clears throat> but that's kind of a later manifestation sometimes, although it can be the first manifestation of heart disease for a third of patients. Um, the other manifestation is that people, if they have a narrowing but not a blockage in an artery, they might begin to experience chest pain or pressure, the same kind of pressure, when they're climbing a hill or running on their treadmill or riding their or on their elliptical. And if they stop and rest, it goes away. So that's different than a heart attack, which doesn't go away as much. But that could represent a narrowing in an artery. And that could be a first sign that there's something there that might need to be treated or that we need to prevent further progression of, of disease. Um, so that would be another important characteristic. Uh, a third one scenario I would propose is when people feel more short of breath than they have in the recent past. So sometimes instead of feeling chest pain, some people will feel short of breath when they're climbing a hill. Well, we all get short of breath when we climb a hill, but it's more than they used to have, say, a month or two ago, or it's uh, more than a person of a comparable age would have. They can no longer climb the stairs, uh, a flight of stairs. So that shortness of breath can be a heart uh, manifestation that could be from heart muscle disease, blood vessel disease, electrical activity, or uh, valve disease also. And the last one I'll mention, um, uh, Rebecca, would be, um, would be if you feel your heart beating really fast uh, or that um, and it's accompanied with some symptoms or you're having fainting spells or almost having fainting spells or your heart is beating really, really slow and you're feeling lightheaded or passing out, that would be another manifestation of heart disease. So those are some of the key things that we look for when we are looking for symptoms of heart disease. And I'll pause there and see if you have any questions well, before I, we talk a little think, bit about prevention. Well, I think about the natural uh, reaction that we all have when you describe things like that and, and people hear about heart attacks. and It's, it's a scary thing. And sometimes we avoid what is scary. Like, I don't want to know what might be happening uh, within my heart. But I know for in my husband's case, for example, when he manifested some of these symptoms and we were able to go to an emergency room and safely get that checked out and found out that his heart was okay, but there were some things that he needed to do uh, to make sure it didn't, you know, he didn't have heart disease in the future. Um, but watching his hesitancy at first, you know, it, there was yes. some, and, and yes. so I think what's important also is to know that I can parallel this to, if it's okay, to my cancer journey. The earlier we find cancer, the more treatable it is. So yes. the earlier we see physicians and our healthcare providers to have them let us know kind of how our heart seems to be right. Um, yes. then, then maybe if, if, if we're seeing our doctor annually, at least, then we can know whether we're showing symptoms before we're experiencing 
experiencing things like shortness of breath. And so there are, it seems to me, right, Dr. Nolton, that there are some interventions we can put in first so it feels less scary. Uh, make sure we yeah. know whether we have high blood pressure and all those things. We'll talk about that. So there, th- those steps. And then secondary, if we feel those symptoms that you described, Dr. Knowlton, the shortness of breath, those changes, where do we go? What do we do? Right. Great, great point. And I think let me just talk for a little bit about the fear of seeking medical attention with relation to heart disease. Um, I think the thing that, that your listeners should keep in mind is that there are so many outstanding treatments for heart disease now, and many of them can be applied, applied very quickly. Uh, so you, you wouldn't want to miss that heart attack because, you know, a catheterization and a stent, uh, they might be out, out of the hospital within a day or two after the treatment. And uh, so they're, it's very different than it used to be. And, and with all these excellent treatments for heart disease, I think that, you know, people are afraid. We can't say that they're not. We're not. We all, we all have concern about that. But uh, also remember that there are a lot of great treatments that we can have. Uh, and the earlier we can start thinking about how to even prevent them, that's even better. And let's, maybe I'll transition to that about how to prevent heart disease. And I think that's I think perfect. Uh, Go ahead, Dr. Knowlton. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so one of them, you know, I think it goes without saying almost, but it's so important that it needs to be said. One of the key elements, uh, one of the key things we can do to prevent heart disease is stop smoking if, if a person is smoking. Smoking is one of the greatest um, um, risks for heart disease because it accelerates atherosclerosis in the, um, in the blood vessels. So that's, that's a major factor. Um, and, and probably a, only a minority of people in your audience are actually smoking. But if you know someone, encourage them. There are strategies to try to help prevent, to help people stop smoking as well. So that's a, that's a big one. But then it starts coming down to uh, what the American Heart Association, Heart Association refers to as know your numbers. Uh, know what your blood pressure is. Um, know what your cholesterol levels, your lipid levels, same same group there, uh, know what they are, because those are two things that can, can affect the heart disease. Uh, know about your glucose and whether you have diabetes, because diabetes is a risk factor for heart disease. Um, weight is another thing that can contribute to heart disease, probably through diabetes and other things as well. So it's important to know those uh, the numbers, because each of those uh, can contribute to the risk of heart disease, and each can be treated and help lower the risk of heart disease. So I think those are some simple steps uh, to um, to start thinking about how to prevent heart disease. Mm, and I think about what you were describing, all the different parts of a heart, and, and I always see it as something slightly larger than my hand, and its job is to push to receive blood and push it out, right? And so anything that could make it stiffer and 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 not as malleable uh, as a muscle to, to go back and forth and pump like it's supposed to and anything that would block the pipes, right? All of those things. Exactly. If you know your numbers, you can kind of get a gauge of, of how your heart muscle is doing. And you know your numbers by seeing a primary care physician or uh, some, someone on a regular basis. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Correct. See 
seeing a primary care physician, ask them about your uh, blood pressure. They will measure your blood pressure almost certainly. Ask them about your cholesterol. They will probably be measuring it, but they might they might uh, benefit from some prompting in that regard too. And then um, there are great treatments to help lower the cholesterol. In addition to lifestyle modifications, there are some wonderful uh, medications, pills that can be taken just once a day that will help dramatically lower uh, cholesterol. If that doesn't work, there are even uh, more exciting uh, newer technologies that are available that we can we can get it under control now. Mm. You know, because you're so involved in cardiovascular research, I'm sure that you look at, you know, months like February, that it's, you know, Heart Health Month and the importance of putting focus on. When when you say lifestyle, I know that you have at the tip of your fingers, you know, those things that we can do. You mentioned don't smoking, but, you know, don't smoke. That's a lifestyle choice. What other yes. lifestyle choices can be actively involved in helping us reduce our risk for heart disease? So uh, exercise is, uh, is a choice that we can make that can help reduce our risk of heart disease. Um, and so that's, that's an important one. Uh, also diet, but we all know about diet. That's probably one of the hardest. Uh, we all know about it, uh, but the foods we love sometimes aren't, aren't the best for us. But um, if I think there's a, a, quite a bit of data that what uh, people call the Mediterranean diet, Mediterranean-style diet, that they can look up on the web and it will give them suggestions about eating habits that can be helpful for their heart and have been shown to reduce the risk of heart disease. So those are a couple of things. But then just also keeping on top of one's blood pressure, one's diabetes, taking medications, returning to the doctor to see those kinds of to, to, to make sure that that's doing better, uh, getting your cholesterol under control. Those are really crucial steps that can help with that. And it says you thank you, Dr. Knowlton. And for those who have just joined us, joined us, this is Dr. Kirk Knowlton. He is the Associate Chief of Cardiology at the Intermountain Healthcare Heart Institute and the Director of Cardiovascular Research. What is Intermountain Healthcare doing to focus on the growing cases of heart disease? Well, that's a great question. We, we take it very seriously uh, because as, um, as a, a medical center, we have as our goal to help improve the heart condition and the heart health of every member of the state of Utah and people within our area. And so we've been trying to find um, new ways to identify heart disease. We're doing a study, and perhaps some of your listeners might receive some invitation to participate in the study, where we have a very simple um, CT scan that requires no, no IV or anything. It takes a few moments, less radiation than a mammogram. And we can look at calcium that builds up in the arteries of the heart. When, um, when there's atherosclerosis. So it's, instead of uh, just a predictor that says your risk of having atherosclerosis is such and such percent, um, it actually tells a patient or a person whether they have some atherosclerosis. It doesn't tell them whether there's a blockage, but it tells them that they have increasing risk depending on the value. So we're doing a study where we actually invite people in, and some of the listeners may receive a letter 
that invites them to participate in this study, and it gives them a number. And they can sign into the web. They can watch a little video about the study. They can read the consent if they're interested. They can actually sign it and be randomized and then directed to a place where they can get this coronary artery calcium scan. Because we think if people know if they have atherosclerosis, they'll be a little more aggressive about trying to prevent it and treat it. So that's an example of what we try to do, in addition to trying to reach out to the community, help control blood pressure, diabetes, other things of that sort. You know, interesting, about two years ago, you held, you've often held heart fairs uh, at your location in Murray, and the community comes in, and there's some free services there, and people get information as well. And two years in a row, I say two years ago and three years ago, coworkers who were there with me at the heart fair were each identified as having heart problems um, by just just going in, standing in line, and getting a quick little screening. And and so they, and these were two individuals that thought they were in great health and they are in good health now because they got that information and they're making the changes i should be very sensitive to we have about uh, three minutes together and i brought up my husband and um and and i should clarify that heart disease is the number one killer for men and women and so this is something that might have been portrayed i always think about you know in the movies it's often portrayed about the man right clutching his chest and his arm but this is something women we need to be educated about Absolutely. It it is the leading cause of death in women as well as men. Even though it's lower in women than men, it's still the leading cause of death, even more than cancer, which surprises some women. Um, And so I think that's a really important fact to remember. They may have a little bit different symptoms than men do, but often it's very similar also. And I think as, uh, as women sometimes focus more on their family and their genetics, and their family histories, and men might they may be more focused on that. I think that's one thing we haven't mentioned here, is for people to be aware of their family history. And one of the things that Intermountain is doing is offering for people to get uh, genetic testing. We're trying to learn about what factors could contribute to heart disease through genetics. And if people know they have family history, they should have additional awareness so that they are uh, looking earlier and preventing earlier. Uh, for uh, heart disease that might occur. And genetics can now help us. We have ways to tell whether some people have family history or uh, familial high cholesterol levels. If somebody wanted to be involved in that research to go, hey, let's let's participate in that and find out if indeed there is a genetic tie, what do they do? I think if you look up on the web, Heredigene, H-E-R-E-D-I-G-E-N-E, Heredigene, Uh, they would be able to find uh, instructions as to how they could participate in that study. Yeah, we're trying to collect 500,000 samples of DNA throughout the state of Utah so that we can understand that better. Heretta G and all. I, I, Gene, G-E-N-E. Right. Lo- looking for that. And I also know that there's a terrific source on Intermountain Healthcare for more heart information and education. And that's intermountainhealthcare.org slash heart. And I'm just, you know, um, it's so important for us to be informed. That to me um, takes the fear away. If we kind of yes. like, we get ourselves in the driver's seat of our health, we go, oh, okay, here are the things I need to do to be healthier throughout the 
rest of my life. And so the resources there are at intermountainhealthcare.org slash hard. Dr. Knowlton, thank you so much for the time you spent with us as we tried to address the issue that heart disease is something we all need to make a top priority in our life to try to lower our risks and identify whether there are changes that we need to make to be healthier. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thank you to you, Rebecca. Very important that people know about these what they can do to prevent heart disease. And we really appreciate you making time for us. Absolutely agree. Dr. Kirk Knowlton with Intermountain Healthcare. And for more information on how to prevent heart disease, go online to intermountainhealthcare.org slash heart. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.